Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Uh, Happy Father's Day to everyone. Um, Really grateful that I get to celebrate as a father today. Um, It is a new experience to me, but um, it's, it's been awesome, so... Um, yeah, but today I just kind of wanted to share a message that I felt like God had put on my heart. Um, I feel like it's really timely for the culture that we live in, but uh, I believe like today we live in an era where we're like always comparing, whether we're dads comparing with each other, um, whoever has the biggest truck, or, or you know how kids are always like, my dad can beat your dad. It's like we're always comparing no matter if we're a kid, if we're adults, wherever we're at in life. I feel like Especially today, though, uh, with social media, uh, with different people in our workplace, like we're always comparing with each other. Um, and I feel like it's really easy to do that. And it kind of puts us in a place where we can feel like anxious a lot of times or um, we, we're, we're like fearful of what's happening. It can lead to like depression in some cases, uh, you know, discontentment. I feel like there's so many like negative emotions and things that, that this comparison game often can bring to our lives. Um, But one of my favorite things about God's Word is that there are hundreds and hundreds of different scriptures throughout that really just squander that um, that comparison that we have. All throughout scripture, there's encouraging verses, powerful passages, there's there's beautiful scriptures, whether it's poetic or um, just challenging, that, that help us to understand the truths of God's Word, that we can overcome these things in our life. And I think that it's really important for each of us to really constantly remind ourselves of it um, because, as I said, this era that we live in right now is, is just so heavy with comparison and with people, um, you know, discontent with where we are, I feel like. It's really easy to do that. Um, so today I just wanted to look at uh, how, um, you know, we can just live a life of boldness. We can live a life of abundance because of what God has done. And uh, I want to encourage you with this today. So we're going to look at a passage in 1 Kings. Um, If you do have a Bible or if you want to look up something on your smartphone, uh, we're going to be reading a passage in 1 Kings chapter 18. And uh, it starts in verse 16. Basically in this story, uh, it's an event that took place on Mount Carmel. And um, the context of it is Elijah. He was a prophet at this time. And he basically got into he was, he was like the only one really that was still pursuing God in this time uh, and in the nation of Israel a lot of negative things were going down uh, Ahab was the king and he was pretty much completely removed from um, just from God and from what God had for the nation of Israel uh, and if you know anything about the history in the Old Testament the nation of Israel was really God's chosen nation you know God blessed them um, he had his hand over them, but different kings over time. Some of them were good kings, some were bad, and Ahab was definitely one of those who he knew, what, he, he knew the right choice. He knew who God was, and he knew how to follow him, but he definitely chose the opposite of that. Um, so because of this, there was actually a bad drought on the nation during this time. So it hadn't rained for so long, and... Um, they all kind of blamed Elijah for it because he was, he was God's prophet at the time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we'll begin to read here. So I wanted to just sort of read through this story with you guys and then um, we'll kind of go from there and uh, pick it apart a little bit. 
Um, yeah, I think that I'm going to look it up on my phone just to make sure I have the whole thing because I don't think I have it on here. Um, yeah, so 1 Kings 18, uh, verse 16 starts with this. It says, Ahab went to meet Elijah. And when Ahab saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, the one ruining Israel? He replied, I've not ruined Israel, but you and your father's family have because you have abandoned the Lord's commands and followed the Baals. And Baals were basically like the false gods at that time that people were worshiping. Um, so now, summon all Israel to meet me at Mount Carmel along with the 450 prophets of Baal, the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab summoned all the Israelites, gathered the prophets at Mount Carmel, and Elijah approached all the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal, follow him. But the people didn't answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I am the only remaining prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are uh, there are 450 men. So let two bulls be given to us. They are to choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, place it on the wood and not light the fire, and I will prepare the other bull and place it on the wood and not light the fire. So then you call on the name of the Lord your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers with fire. He is God. And all the people answered, that's fine. So then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, since you are so numerous, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, and then call on the name of your God, but don't light the fire. So basically we see the showdown taking place here. We have Elijah, who's pretty much calling out all of the people of Israel, the whole nation, and he's saying, like, you got to pick. You have to either worship Baal or you have to worship God, and you have to make a decision here today. Um, so then we continue, and he says, they took the bull that he gave them. He prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Baal, answer us. But there was no sound, and no one answered. They danced around the altar they had made, and at noon Elijah mocked them, and he said, Shout loudly, for he's a god. Maybe he's thinking it over. Maybe he's wandered away, or maybe he's on the road. Perhaps he's sleeping. Maybe he'll wake up. Uh, so we see even Elijah's making fun of him a little bit, um, prodding at him a little bit. And then, so they shouted loudly and cut themselves with knives and spears according to their custom until blood gushed all over them. And then all afternoon they kept on raving and offering the evening, uh, offering the evening sacrifice. And there was no sound, no one answered, and no one paid attention. So this had basically been going on until evening, morning until evening. Um, I think Elijah pretty much at this point was like, I think you guys should get it, but we'll keep going from here, see what happens. So Elijah said to all the people, come near me. So the people approached him. He repaired the Lord's altar that had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel will be your name. And he built an altar with the stones and the name of the Lord. So then he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold four gallons. He arranged the wood, cut up the bowl, placed it on the wood, and said, fill four water pots with water. Pour it on the offering to be burned and on the wood. And he said a second time. And they did it a second time. He said a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all over the altar. He even filled the trench around the altar with water. And then at the time for the offering, the prophet Elijah approached the altar and said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today, let it be known that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant. And at that word, I have done your great thing, that I have done all these things. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that these people will know that you are the Lord, and you are God, 
that they have turned their backs and hearts on you. And the Lord's fire fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked it up, licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell face down and said, Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. So it's such a beautiful story here about God's power. We see that Elijah was bold in his faith throughout this story. Um, and that really is kind of the idea of this message today. Um, if you are taking notes, the main idea today for you is that true boldness comes from knowing who God has made you to be. We see that throughout Elijah's um, this time here in Elijah's, this story in Elijah's life, how he had, there's three different moments I feel like in this passage where, um, where he showed this boldness and this confidence in who he knew that God was. Um, so I just kind of wanted to take a few different um, sections of this passage and sort of shed some light on what I felt like God was speaking through this story. Um, but the first thing, I feel like Elijah was confident in God's goodness. And we can see in, um, right off the bat, in verse 16, um, whenever Ahab talked to him, it's so funny to me, he says, Ahab was like, hey, is that you? Is that you the one ruining Israel? And he was like, I haven't ruined Israel. Um, but he said, what, because you've abandoned the Lord's commands and because you follow the, 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 um, the God of Baal. Basically what he's saying is, I'm not the one that's ruining things. But I think that I can almost relate to, to Ahab in that moment because I feel like over my life, there have been times where um, I've blamed people for things that, choices that I have made and bad things that have happened in my life, negative things that have happened because of my choices. And I've been like, it's easy to just blame people. It's easy to blame either God or blame people in our life. But that's like trying to lose weight without eating healthy food, you know? It's like, how come I'm not losing weight? It's like, well, how many times have you gone to McDonald's this week, you know? Um, for me, that's way too often since it's right down the street. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but when I was a kid, I remember even times where, you know, I want to hang out with my friends or my, uh, um, go play some sports or whatever. And my mom would be like, you can go as long as you finish, like, your math or finish your schoolwork today, you know? And I was like, okay, that works. And then I would just get distracted. I'd go do some stuff here and there, talk to people, whatever. And then next thing you know, it's like 3 o'clock when my friends are all hanging out. And I'm like, Mom, can I go? She's like, well, is it done? And I'm like, almost. She's like, well, when it's done, you can go. And I'd be like, all right, sorry, guys, I can't hang out because my mom won't let me. You know, that's not how it is. It's because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Um, but so many other ways, I feel like even now, where we can ask ourselves, like, God, why aren't you blessing me financially? I often ask myself if, whenever I think that, like, am I, am, I tithing, am I tithing 10% of my income just to show God that I trust him with my money? You know, am I budgeting my money properly so that I'm being a good steward of what God's blessed me with? Uh, or or I, maybe I can't figure out how to heal my marriage or uh, work better with my relationships. But are you working at these things? Are you... Are you talking to other people who can help you and lift you up? Are you in like a life group that can, you can share things in your heart with people? Or, or like, why, why is the world so screwed up? I feel like I hear this a lot of times with people who, who maybe are struggling with their faith. Like, why are there uh, homeless people in the world? Why are there starving people in the world? But all these things are not the way that God intended the world to be. Because God is a good God. Really, all you have to do is look back to the original earth, the Garden of Eden. And you can see this is what God intended for our world. And when you think of things this way, you can understand God is good. 
and the, the negative things or the bad things that happen in our lives or around us are not because of what God has done, but it's really decisions that we have made that has, that has made um, our life for the world around us that way. Because I believe that God wants everything to be good. You know, Romans says that everything we do is for good. God wants things to be good in our lives um, for His glory. So I even remember when I was at like one of the lowest points in my life several years ago, uh, I lost really everything I had. I wasn't in school anymore. I didn't know if I was going to continue pursuing teaching career, which I didn't, um, which was a good thing. I just didn't know it at the time. Um, yeah, spoiler alert. But I knew, though, even though I was in a place where I was super confused, I didn't know what the next steps were, I still knew throughout every moment that God was still good that he was still there with me, that he was still, um, he had great plans for me. And I believe that when we choose to listen to God's word and understand, know that God is good no matter what we're going through, just as Elisha had here. They were going through years of drought. Like, it wasn't a good time in Israel. And he was the only one, really, that was pursuing God. But he still knew God is good, and I can stand firm in that truth. So I think it's really important for us, if we want to live a bold life, if we want to be confident in who God is, to know, first off, that God is a good God, no matter what happens around us, no matter what's going on in our lives. He is always good. He is always for us. Um, So not only was Elijah bold um, because he knew his goodness, but I believe that he also showed boldness in in humility as well. Um, So I feel like Elijah's humility really opened the door for God's glory. If we look at verse 36, it says that at the time for the offering, Elijah approached the altar and he said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And that at your word, I have done all these things. I think it's really important to understand how intentional Elijah was in this moment because he wasn't saying, you know, bring this fire down to this altar, let them know that you are God and let them know that I'm a great prophet and I'm the one that made this happen, you know? He's just simply there as a vessel saying, I want these people to understand who you are, God. I don't want it to be about me or what I'm doing. But he was still confident in it. See, I think that when we're bold, it's really easy to be um, almost like have a chip on our shoulder, you know, walk around with like a little bit of a swagger, be a little bit cocky. But I think that there's a complete difference between confidence and being like cocky you know and confidence is uh, I looked up a few definitions here but confidence is the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something it's like a firm trust or it's the state of feeling certain about the truth of something confidence is feeling a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own uh, abilities or qualities if we flip that and look at what it means to be cocky That's more like conceited or arrogant, especially in a bold or impudent way, or not showing due respect for other people and what they've done. And we see, obviously, in this passage, Elijah has this confidence. Uh, He almost does have a little bit of a swagger. You see, like, he was sort of messing with the prophets of Baal a little bit, you know. I know one translation in, in this passage, they say, he's like, maybe he's going to the bathroom, maybe he's just away, like hanging out. Maybe your God's not around because he's busy doing something. Um, And you can tell like he has a confidence because he knows who God is. But he's not really, um, he's not conceited or arrogant in his own way. And I think that's really important 
um, because whenever we're sharing with other people around us who God is and the goodness of who He is, whenever we're confident in what He's called us to do or sharing His love with other people, I think it's always really valuable and important to make sure that you're coming at it with a place of love, a place of humility, um, a place where you can offer someone else something because that's really what it's all about, right? The gospel is really just about how Jesus came to earth. He gave everything that He had to offer something for us, right? And I think if we want to be like who Jesus has called us to be and we want to be like Him, I think it's important to, to maintain that, uh, that mindset that we need to be confident in who He is and who we are and who He's made us to be. But we also need to approach others with, um, with a humility and, and a love and a kindness to them so that they can see the love that God has through us. So you can see that Elijah kind of already knows what's about to happen in this situation. And um, it kind of brings us to the final example here of Elijah's boldness. Um, and really, I think this is probably the most important thing for Elijah, but simply that Elijah knew God. So in verse 38, it says that the Lord's fire fell and consumed the burnt offering, uh, the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell face down, said that the Lord is God. And see, I, I think that Elijah is bold whenever he is worshiping and in his honor to God. This is who he was. We can tell that Elijah knew God. Um, if you think about it in a kind of like a personal way, think about someone that you know really well. If you, if you know someone really well, you understand their mannerisms, you understand um, what they care about, the things that are important to them. Um, uh, my friend Eli, he's one of my closest friends. We grew up together since like preschool. And it's funny thinking back on it because... They used, his family used to make fun of me a little bit because anytime I'd come to their house, basically I'd like walk in the door, probably wouldn't knock, like walk through the living room, take a little left into the kitchen, open the fridge and be like, what you guys got today? <laughs> Before I said hi to anybody. And that's not because I was rude, really. It was because I knew that who they were. I knew that they love feeding people. They love caring for people, like giving them things like, what do you want to drink? You know, I basically was like, you don't have to ask me that. I'll just get it myself. Um, But when you know people really well, you know what they desire, you know um, their mannerisms and stuff. And I think that it's important to get to know people um, just as it is to get to know God. When you're really close with people, you know, there's some examples that you're not really nervous to approach them. What they have is yours, what you have is theirs, you know. Um, You are with them through anything. You can call them when you're going through it. you always know that they'll be there with you. They'll always fight for you. you know, you're not embarrassed whenever you tell the worst dad joke in the world. No one laughs. Um, that dad joke was money, though. <laughs> um, but you're not afraid to fail around them. You don't wonder if they still love you, if they still like you. And I think that's really important to know because um, regardless of where you are in your faith journey, I believe that everyone really has another step to take. Everyone, whether you've been a Christian and following God since you were a kid, or whether it's something newer to you, every single one of us have a next step to take in knowing who God is. And and, uh, I think that as long as we're pursuing that, and as long as we're at a place where we want to continue to know God and understand who He is, reading Scripture, um, praying each day, listening to music that's going to kind of encourage us and to show us who God is, 
I think that as long as we're doing that in our own next step, as long as you continue moving forward, I think that's a really, really great thing. Um, I think that the resurrection of God is really where this all comes from. Like the boldness that we can have and the power that we have comes from him because we're not approaching God anymore. We're not like tiptoeing around him. We can approach God with, from a place of victory. We can approach him from a place of, of confidence. So we can be bold in our faith to him. So again, just to kind of um, remind you of what kind of the main idea is here today is that true boldness comes from knowing who God has made you to be. So if you're ever wondering who God has made you to be, this is another way where you can look through Scripture. You can look at passages. You can look at different um, things all throughout the Bible where God tells us that we are more than conquerors through Him, that we are His children, that we are forgiven by Him. We are not forsaken by God. Uh, we, are, we can be healed by the power of Jesus. You know, God's Word says that by His wounds 2,000 years ago, we are healed. Um, we become righteous because He has made us righteous, not because of what we have done. Um, but we need to make sure we walk in that. Uh, we are loved by Him. We are strong because of what He has done. We have overcome the chains that we deal with, the addictions that we may have, things that we're struggling with day to day. We have overcome them because God has made us uh, stronger. He has given us the power to overcome. And I think that with all these awesome things, like all this encouraging word, I think it really is still um, common to have doubts. And I think that that's okay. Because God is not really angry with you when you have doubts. God doesn't uh, get frustrated, really. I think that if you look at it like a child um, on Father's Day, you know, if you look at how it is to have a kid who is trying to learn how to walk, for example, they're going to take really wobbly steps at first, right? But as they're walking, you're celebrating each step that they take. You're celebrating each time that they fall. You're telling them, get back up, you know, encouraging them, showing them that you are there with them, that you can reach out your hand to guide them, to help them. And I believe this is such a beautiful picture of who God is because as we're taking our steps in, in life to pursue Him, as we're learning more about who He is, learning how to be more confident, more bold, and more, uh, more confident in who He is, I think that He is celebrating each step that we do take. So we don't have to approach God like scared or, or in a way that we're not sure that He's going to be happy with us each day. God is always there cheering us on. He is there um, reaching His hand out to you and helping us through life. He's helping us as we are approaching Him, as we are pursuing Him. He's helping us to get there each step of the way. Um, and I, I think it's super important to remember that because even uh, I, I look back at a time where I was sharing the gospel with people uh, on a missions trip and I knew it was going to be a battle because so often when we're in a place where we can share God with other people or where we're following God's will for our lives, that's like one of the prime places where I feel like the enemy tries to distract us. He tries to lie to us. He tries to tell you you're not good enough. You didn't pray enough today. You didn't pursue me this morning. Or, or you haven't been, you know, uh, your relationships haven't been good, so you can't share relationships with other people. You know, the enemy is always trying to sneak in these little lies into our lives. And I've even... You know, I doubted whether or not I should have been there. I doubted if I was in a good enough place to share the gospel with people. But I remember thinking about that and kind of being a little bit down 
But I, I feel like God sort of wrapped me up in that moment. And he was like, no, you are here because I've called you to be here. You are here to preach my name boldly to people who don't know who I am yet. You are here to show love to people. You are here to give someone a hug if they need it. You are here to speak life into them. So I think that anytime you feel like you might have doubts, just know that God is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he will be the same forever. That's what his word says. And you can know, you can stand firm in that truth and know that he is a good God, that he will give you what you need to overcome anything that you face in life. He will give you what you need to overcome the doubts that you have. But I also want to encourage you, if you do have doubts, that you should really talk to people uh, in this church, talk to people among you who you know that you can look up to in your spiritual walk. People that, um, who can encourage you and, and really share what I'm sharing with you today, who can share scriptures with you, who can share songs with you, um, things to encourage you, just sit down and talk with, you know? I think that when we do that, that'll squash those doubts right away because if we let it fester, I feel like that's a challenging um, battle to overcome the longer we let it sit. Um, so just to kind of close it out, we're actually going to sing um, the song we ended with in Christ Alone, just uh, a verse there this morning in just a moment here. Um, but I think that how we can practice this in our lives is just really to accept who God says that you are today. Um, so whatever you're dealing with, if you feel like you're going through something personally, um, you feel like you're uh, not at the place you want to be spiritually maybe, or you feel like you're just struggling through certain things in your life that you're not really sure how to break it, I just want to encourage you that God is always there with you. He is always there fighting with you. He is always for you. And whether it's just having a moment and just praying to Him, just crying out to Him, you know, even yelling at Him a little bit. I've done that in my life where I feel like I was at the end of it. I didn't really know what the next step was. And uh, I, think, <laughs> I think personally God doesn't mind a little bit of a, a heated argument with Him. As long as we're in a place where we're pursuing Him, a place where we're actually pouring our heart out to Him, being honest with Him. I think He loves an honest prayer more than a, uh, than a hallelujah that's false, right? I think that God just wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from our heart. So accept who He says you are. And I think it's also really important just to receive that too because God says that you are a child of His. God says that He has given believers, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. We can bind the things that the enemy speaks over us. Uh, we can loose the power of heaven on earth. Just as we sang this morning, here is in heaven. You know, we can declare that, um, that what happens in heaven will come to earth, just as the Lord's prayer says. So really receive who God has called you to be. Um, I believe that as we do this, that we can overcome the doubts that we might have. We can overcome the struggles we go through. We can Live a life of boldness and confidence in who God has called us to be. And as we do this, I think that your life will begin to transform. I, be, I feel like the people around you will be impacted greatly by it. Um, and this church, I think, will just become stronger and stronger each day as we are confident and bold in who God has called us to be. God, I thank you so much for um, just all that you've done through this church, all you've done in each one of our lives, Father, up to this point. And God, I just believe that... Um, just as your word says that we have been called for greater things, God, that we are co-heirs with Jesus, that, that you have called us to so much, Father, that you, you have made us 
um, children of God, that you are, um, that you love us, Father. I just pray that you would bless each person here this morning who is at this church, God. I pray that you would bless us, and as we go out, that we would be bold in our faith, God, that we would be confident in who you have called us to be. Uh, and we just come against any uh, deceit or any lies that the enemy has been speaking to us, Father, whether it's myself or whether it's anyone in this room this morning, God. I pray that we would just uh, overcome that by the power of what you have spoken over us, by, by the power of your word, Jesus. We thank you that you have called us um, to great things, Father, and we pray that you would just use each one of us mightily throughout this week, um, that you would give us opportunities to share your word with others who are around us, God, that you would, you would be able to share your love with those uh, in our lives, Father. And we just thank you for all that you are doing through this church, all that you are doing through each one of us, Father. And I pray that you would bless us abundantly today. Uh, also bless our fathers today, that you would give them um, just such a blessing. And thank you for those who are investing in their children and uh, who are such a huge part of the future, God. And we just thank you for that. Uh, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Have an awesome Father's Day. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.